The birthplace of the Bohemian Revolution from Cowork 591 Studios. This is the Steve Brown Arts Center Podcast Network with producer Blake Tempest. I'm Jim Gillespie with co-host Dale Reber. Welcome back, Dale. Thank you. And this is the Jessup News for February 26, 2024. Click follow and rate us as well and tell friends as we uh, band our empire here. And if uh, you get a chance... Don't be afraid to let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast. Remember, as always, the Steve Brown Arts Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that has a vision for artists, young and old alike, to have the opportunity to better themselves while helping to build the skills of those around them. It will be offering community programming starting in Jessup, Iowa, before expanding to neighboring communities. Programming will include a community speaker series that will showcase existing creatives who reside within the community as well as a pop-up series that will spotlight and partner with local businesses to provide opportunities for community engagement. The long-range vision is to house a rural artist residency program for professional emerging artists in all areas of the arts and the humanities. Artists will be offered accommodations and studio space in exchange for contributions of labor and maintenance of the buildings and grounds. On tonight's show, we're talking about a man named Al. We interview Alberta Parrish from Atlanta, Georgia, about her pilgrimage to Iowa City and watching Caitlin Clark send, set the National Women's NCAA scoring record. Um, Alberta ha- is the author of four books. We talk about winners and losers. We challenge or the challenge of making a docuseries. We talk about the Oscars. We talk about library news and a weekly update as a, well as looking at the Steve Brown Arts Center. Remember, this is the Steve Brown Arts Center. Before we talk to Alberta, this segment is sponsored by Reyes Concrete in Littleton, Iowa, the Littleton Lounge LLC, and the Littleton Chatham Historical Society. Alberta is the author of four books. She is a huge Hawkeye fan, although she lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She's a Kobe Bryant fan. Yep. And she has a great story that she wants to share about her pilgrimage to Iowa and her experience with the people of Iowa and the Iowa basketball team. This is the Steve Brown Arts Center Podcast Network. Tonight we're interviewing Alberta Parrish. She is an author from Atlanta, Georgia, but she's got a neat story to tell us tonight about becoming... Not only an Iowa Hawkeye fan, but a a huge Caitlin Clark fan. And she's got some neat details to share. Um, I've been reading about her story on Twitter, and I I had to have her on the show. So welcome, Alberta. Thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. So um, first, Alberta... T- tell us about your career. Um, you said, as we spoke earlier, that uh, you've written three books. Tell us about those books first. Yes, um, I published uh, several books um, many, many years ago now. Uh, the first book is um, Vanished and Other Short Stories. That's a collection of short stories that I published uh, way back in 2002. 
I think. Um, the second book that I published, Matters of the Heart, a collection of short stories, um, nonfiction and poetry, that was published uh, 2004. And then I published my novel called The Evil Within Him in 2007. Uh, the first two books are out of print. Uh, the third book is still in print. So if you want to, you know, go ahead and purchase one on Amazon.com, go ahead and do so. Um, but I also published another book. And which one? And what is that? In 2019, and it is called God is on Trial. That is the name of that book. How religion keeps humanity under mind control and fear. So let me tell you the story behind that. I became an atheist in 2019. At the time, I was, well, for, for one thing, I was dealing with depression, okay? I was dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. And so that is how that book came into creation. It was a, it was a coping mechanism um, for me to be able to, some frustrations out, you know, to get my, you know, my anger and frustration out of me mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and share it with the world. You understand? Yes, so yes. I wrote that book. I wrote it in 2019, but... I did publish it in June 2020, actually. It was June 2020. I'm sorry. I got the date mixed up. It was it was a, a time in my life that was a really horrible time for me. It was a really bad time for me at that time. Um, I was, like I said, I was dealing with depression, suicidal thoughts, and, and I was upset. I was upset about the fact that I felt like, God, if you're real, why aren't you helping me? If you're real, like they taught me all these years because I grew up in Christianity, then why aren't you doing anything to help me, you know, as I was dealing with this depression, as I was coping with um, my mother's demise because she passed in 2017. Mm -hmm. And to this very day, I still, I think about her every day. It's just that the, the sting of her death is no longer as hard on me as it was uh, years ago. So did writing okay. the book actually work for you? Did it help give you some peace of mind? It helped a little bit. It helped a little bit. Uh-huh. It helped, but I, I ended up rededicating my life to Christ. Uh, yes, I did. I, I ended up rededicating my life to Jesus, and I am no longer an atheist. Okay. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's, it's a story. It's, it's a story. I know it's a long story. Yeah. That uh, a lot of people... <laughs> They may look at that and be like, oh, she just, you know, she just full of crap. But I'm telling you um, that I was dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. And, mm-hmm. and that is how that book came into creation. Okay. God is on phone. So, and, but that, that um, is not the end of my story. It was a long process that, I, that I've gone through since writing that book to realize that, you know, even though, I had feelings that maybe God is not real, even though I had those thoughts. It's not, it's not the end all be all for me. There is hope. There is hope, you know, that I came into understanding at a later time. You understand? Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Yes, yes I believe so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when did you first hear about Caitlin Clark? I first heard of Caitlin Clark after the national title game in April last year. Okay. Um, I, I came across her story on the internet. Um, I heard 
quite a few um, negative things that were being said about Caitlin Clark specifically on ESPN. And um, I wanted to know who these people were talking about, you know, because I, I saw, you know, a situation where, you know, people were saying that Angel Reese was taunting Caitlin Clark and, you know, well, Caitlin Clark taunted players, you know, so yeah. what's the difference between Angel Reese taunting players or taunting Caitlin Clark versus <laughs> Caitlin Clark taunting other people. So that's what I was listening to. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to know who these people were talking about. I had never heard of Caitlin Clark prior to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I started looking for information on the internet about Caitlin Clark and, um, of course, I came across the national title game. So let me go ahead and look at this this title game and see what's going on, what happened, you know? <laughs> and so I enjoyed the game so much when I was watching it, a young lady, okay, that reminded me so much of Kobe Bryant's game. That's that's what I saw. When I when I when I watched that game for the very first time, it was in the third week of April. Okay, when I saw it, and she her game reminded me so much of the late Kobe Bryant's game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just you know, and as I was watching this game, really in awe, I was in awe of this woman who was out here doing these things and on the biggest stage. And so I started watching her other game. Mm-hmm. That's that's when I became a fan of Caitlin Clark. I yeah. started watching all of her other games right. after the initial game that I saw. And so, you know, it's, it's a situation where I've never been this excited about a player since Kobe Bryant. And, yeah. and I was a huge fan of Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alberta, I've got to, I've got to ask you this question. Why do you think Caitlin Clark is so polarizing? Why do I think Caitlin Clark is so polarizing? Because yeah. of her style of play, her style of play, her, her, it's her style of play. It is her fierce competitiveness. Okay, it is, it is her her passion for the game. Okay, it, it, it's her love for this game, and that's that's what makes her so polarizing. It, it's her fierce competitiveness, her love for the game, her passion that she displays on the on the court, uh, the killer instinct that she has, and that killer instinct on the court is what reminds me of the late Kobe Bryant, and that's why I started calling her, <laughs> I started calling her the Mamba of women's basketball. <laughs> I made a. I made a video, in fact, on April 23rd, 2023, entitled Meet the Mamba of Women's Basketball, Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. So how did you end up? You were at the big game where she broke the record. Was that just by accident? You got a ticket to that game? Or were you uh, forecasting something in your head? Or No, no I, I just, you know, purchased the ticket on, on a spur of the moment thing. Uh-huh. It, it was something that I did at the spur the moment okay and um there was a, it was a late when i decided to purchase that ticket okay so maybe i jumped ahead yeah, you want to tell us how how you ended up in iowa city tell about your, uh, yeah. your trip or yeah i um when i purchased that ticket um i'm gonna I'm be honest I, I i didn't know how i was going to get to iowa city when i purchased that ticket i just because you know of the, the, the short time span that i had between mm-hmm. late December, I purchased the ticket on December 27th and the game being on February the 15th. So I was, you know, I was really contemplating driving to Iowa City in my vehicle. And I I thought about it. I said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And um, I thought about, <laughs> I'm serious. 
And so I, I decided, you know what, let me just um, see what the plane type tickets, you know, let me see what the, the prices on plane tickets are. And, and it was a little bit too steep for me. So I decided to, I decided within the past two weeks before the game to take a Greyhound bus to Iowa City. I purchased the Greyhound ticket within the within like two weeks of the actual date of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I, can, and, can I ask you, Alberta, what what your ticket cost? How much that ticket cost? Uh, the the ticket for the game was one hundred twenty one dollars. And wow. and what was the Greyhound ticket? The Greyhound ticket I spent. Now that was two hundred and sixty dollars. Okay. Two hundred sixty dollars. Round trip. I got it within two weeks. Yeah. You know. Okay. Uh huh. And how how long was your trip? Uh, actually, it took me 21 hours to get there because we uh, did a lot of stops oh, between yeah. Atlanta yes. to Iowa City. And look, I don't, I wouldn't trade that 21 hour trip for a shorter trip on an airplane. I wouldn't trade it because I actually had a good time. Like I had a like wonderful time just traveling, seeing the country in between Atlanta and Iowa City. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was. I mean, I hadn't been out of Atlanta in five years. I hadn't traveled anywhere in five years, so, so I was long overdue for a trip anywhere. Okay, and did you had you reservations or for a place to stay in Iowa City? Yes, I did. I, I stayed at Super Eight by Windham. Okay, and did you have a reservation though, or did you just show up and see if they had an opening? No, I had a reservation. Okay, what what day did you leave Atlanta? I left Atlanta Wednesday. Uh, it was February the 14th. And what day did you get in? in early in the morning hours when I left Atlanta. Wednesday, February the 14th. And I, I arrived in our city after, what was Before 9 p.m., our city. Okay. Wednesday night. And yeah. obviously you went to your hotel and went to bed? No, I went back out to McDonald's and got uh, I got a milkshake, <laughs> a vanilla steak, and some fries. And that was it. And I came back to my, my hotel and, you know, and then I, I ate my food and then I went back out to the reservation desk. And it was, it was a lot. It was a lot I was doing that night. But I didn't go travel anywhere in the city. I just went across the street to McDonald's and, right. and I came back to the hotel. Okay. And um, that was it. Okay. You know? and, I mean, t- and I went to bed later on. Tell the audience about your your uh, your talk with the people there at the at the motel in the hotel. Well, at the at the motel, um, I spoke with two Iowa Hawkeye fans. You know, it was a very interesting conversation. You know, uh, because they asked me, you know, oh, you from you from Atlanta? You know, so yeah, I told them yes, and. Um, they were excited that I was I was an Iowa Hawkeye fan because I was actually in my my gold and black uh, sweatshirt. Oh, my you were. Yeah. Yes, I was actually wearing my gold and black sweatshirt <laughs> when I arrived. Well, good for the, you. <laughs> yes. So they saw my number twenty two. They um, put two and two together, and you know I started telling them, well, you know I'm here, you know, to see the game Thursday, Iowa versus Michigan. I'm a I'm a CC fan, you know. I, I told them, I came out and told them, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know they they guessed they they you know after they saw my sweatshirt they guessed it was a it was a very interesting conversation that we were all having about Caitlin Clark, and uh, the the male reservation employee he said that he's a huge Caitlin Clark fan. You know, I you know the other 
reservation employee. I know I, I could tell just by how she was talking that she's a fan as well. Maybe not as huge as he is, but she's a fan as well of the Iowa Hawkeyes. So, you know, it was a very interesting conversation, but also I can't, you know, diverge it, it, what I heard them talking about, you know, because they were talking about some personal stuff. I'm not going to diverge that, you know, but it wasn't about Caitlin Clark. I'm just saying, you know, it was something else they were talking about. I heard a conversation. Right. I'm not going to even talk about that. I got the impression just by listening to that conversation, okay, well, these people are very prideful. They're very resilient people. You know, you know, don't cross them. That's the impression <laughs> that I got. No, for real. Just by listening to her conversation, you know, with her and her coworker, I got the impression, oh, these are very prideful people. This is, you know, a prideful woman, you know, in a good way, not in a negative way, in right. a good way. You know, prideful, uh, resilient, and, and you just don't cross them. You don't cross them because, you know, you will get dealt with <laughs> if you cross an <laughs> island. You know? And I'm the impression that I got. But, you know, they were nice to me. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad, I'm glad that me. you had a good experience with them. So, yes, so, yes. so, but, so um, it was, it was, a, it was a very, uh, a very interesting conversation. I cannot divulge. Okay. All right. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, well, Caitlin. The excuse me, Alberta. So, so then the next day you sort of toured Iowa City. Where all did you go in Iowa City? Um, I went to Raygon Shirts. Oh, okay. A shirt, you know, when um, Iowa Hawkeyes uh, broke the attendance record for at at a sporting event, fifty-five thousand six hundred forty-six thousand people attended uh, the crossover at Kinnick Stadium. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On October fifteenth, two thousand and twenty-three, and that was the, the all-time attendance record that Iowa Hawkeyes had broken. And, you know, that was the shirt that I purchased. And um, the young man, uh, I asked him to take a picture with me wearing the shirt, and he did. I posted the picture on Twitter. Uh, and it, it was he was very sweet. I announced myself when I first arrived at Raygon Shirts. I said, well, you know, uh, people sent me here, you know, to this store. And, and uh, you know, he was very, very nice, you know, very uh, receptive to me. Um, uh, you know, he showed me, you know, different shirts that they had uh, just came out with, you know, and I, I decided to go with the shirt that um, the 55,646, you know, thousand mm -hmm. record. And it was it was a great, um, great experience just talking, you know, with the employee that works there. Yeah. And um, he's a Hawkeye fan as well. <laughs> right. Um, so and also I, I went from there and walked down Iowa Avenue and um I saw, uh, you know, the university, I saw some buildings, you know, I guess that was part of the University of Iowa, the buildings that I saw. Um, so I walked from Raygon to Iowa Avenue and, and I decided to do a video as I was walking along Iowa Avenue. And um, I went from Iowa Avenue to, I ended up at Starbucks somehow. I mean, I was just walking around the city. I had left, I actually checked out the motel early that morning. Okay, just because I knew I had all these places that I wanted to visit before I arrived at Carver Hawkeye. So I, I left Iowa Avenue and I somehow I ended up, you know, I mean, I just, you know, just walked around the city, mm -hmm. ended up at Starbucks. Uh, I purchased a hot chocolate. Okay, and, and I, was, I sat there for about an hour. I sat there for about an hour, but during that time, a man who was a New Yorker came and sat next to me and I struck up a conversation with him. 
I just out the blue struck up a conversation. I said, are you here for the game? Are you here for the, ga- the game on Thursday, Iowa versus Michigan? And he said, no. And I, <laughs> he said, no. Uh, and he told me, he proceeded to tell me that he's been living in Iowa City for three months. And, uh, you know, he said that Iowa City is, is slow compared to New York. He said, it, <laughs> he said it's actually boring. That's what he said compared to New York. Well, sure. I said, that's okay. Uh, you know, I think Atlanta's boring. And he said, really? I, I think so. That's what he said. I, he said, really? I said, yeah, I think so. And um, we started talking, and you know, about other things. He um, started cleaning his iPad with some all-purpose cleaner. And I, I noticed, you know, I said, um, Should I, uh, is that good for eyeglasses? That's what I asked him. Is that good for eyeglasses? Because my, my glasses was, was really, it was, man, my lenses was really just messed up. I couldn't see out of them. Okay, so um, he said, yes, it's, it's good for eyeglasses. I said, could I use some of that? He said, sure. And, you know, the man, he um, went ahead and sprayed my glasses for me really good. And I was getting ready to, like, get some sort of napkin to clean my, my lenses. But the man actually grabbed a, a napkin for me and said, let me do it. And he cleaned my lenses <laughs> very good, very good. Okay. And I was like, okay, you know, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was strange. But, you know, but after that, let, let me tell you, after that, I could see very well out of my glasses. Before that, I was complaining. I was complaining about, oh, this is bullshit. That's why I don't like wearing glasses. You know, I was uh-huh. kid you not. You, you can actually, you can check out the video that I did talking about it. You can check <laughs> out the video that I did talk about it. And, but I was complaining, you know, prior to even coming to Starbucks about my glasses. And um, it was so funny how that happened. But right after he cleaned my glasses, I could see very well out of my glasses, you know. And I, I thanked him for the doing that for me. And um, I left Starbucks, and I, I I walked up to the liberal arts building about two blocks away, and I took I took a couple pictures of the. Uh, I don't think I posted those on Twitter yet, but I, I will post those on Twitter later on. But um. Uh, so I was just, you know, animated by, by, by the surroundings, by the, by the area. And so I walked up to a student and I, I asked her, you know, can you tell me where the University of Iowa uh, Stanley Museum of Art is, is located? And um, she told me. She told me where, where to go. And so I walked from there to the Stanley Museum of Art. I was inside, um, once inside this the very kind lady at the front desk uh, who told me that she teaches at the university and, and wished that she had Caitlin Clark as one of her students. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was, I'm telling you, I walked into the museum and introduced myself. See, everywhere I went, I introduced myself to people. I didn't just go in there and just start, you know, acting strange and taking pictures and, and this and that without first introducing myself and saying, oh, yes, I'm from Atlanta and people sent me here to check out this place, you know. And so, I, you know, I got that on video as well. I posted that on Twitter as well. So I introduced myself when I first arrived inside and, uh, and uh, the lady was very kind, you know. She was very kind and she sounds also like a Hawkeye fan as well. Right. But you know, 
that most, <laughs> most most people there living in Iowa City are Iowa Hawkeye fans. Yeah, you would you would hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 Alberta, let's. I, I got to ask you this question. Did you have any contact with the uh, the Iowa Hawkeye coaching staff? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That was very interesting. <laughs> because after the post-game celebration, I walked down to, you know, toward, you know, the court, the court side, you know. But Cece, honey, she only was able to get, like, she was only able to sign a few autographs before she had to go do that post-game press conference. She was only able to do a few autographs on the way to going to do her post-game press conference. And so I was unable to get to Cece to have her um, autograph anything. But let me tell you, let me tell you, I was also, I, I went down there to the courtside looking for Raina. And, and so, but I didn't see Raina. I saw Jan Jensen, okay? And, and I actually, who, Okay, who are those people? Are those ushers that that stand at the um, on the court? You know, and and are those called ushers? I would guess so. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I asked an, an usher if I uh, if he could get Jan Jensen's attention. He said, "No, I can't do that." <laughs> but that did not stop me. It did not stop me. I kid you not. So I stood there, and uh, I got. The lady attention that was talking to Jan Jensen because she was she was standing talking to two other people I think or three other persons, so, but I was able to wave one of them down with my hand in order to get her attention, and then once I got her attention, I pointed to Jan Jensen. I pointed to her for her to you know to you know for her to actually look at me so she can come over and talk you know because I wanted to get. Her, her autograph. I wanted to get her autograph and shake her hand. That's it. I just wanted to get her autograph and shake her hand. And so I was able to get Jan Jensen's attention. And from there, I was able to shake Jan Jensen's hand. I just want to shake your hand and get your autograph. You know, blase, blase. You know, they didn't say too much. They didn't say too much because they probably knew I was going to write about it. Listen, listen. Because <laughs> had they said something, they probably knew, oh, I was going to write about it. But, but guess what? She knew who I was. Jan Jensen knew who I was. And, and how was you know, that? I told, her, I, told her, I told her, I forgot to tell you, I told her my name is Alberta Parrish. I know who you are. And then I looked. I was like, oh, okay. I just wanted to get, I just wanted to shake your hand. Can you please autograph my sweatshirt? And she did. Coach she Jensen. Did. Coach Jensen's very active on Twitter, and and she yeah. she she follows Iowa Hawkeye fans pretty close. Oh, um, is that the case? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she she knew who I was, you know, and so ooh, you know, can can you like? And then I seen Lucy Lisa Bluter. I seen her. I said, ooh, can you get her? Can you get her for me? <laughs> so I was also able to shake Lisa Bluter's hand. I just want to shake your hand. I want, can you please autograph my sweatshirt? You know, and so I was able to get Lisa's, you know, autograph on my sweatshirt. And then I saw Tanya Davis. She was looking. She was just staring. Okay. I said, you too. I said, you too. <laughs> and she said, she acted like she was shocked. She acted like she was shocked yeah. that I wanted her, that I wanted her autograph. I said, "Honey, you're just as important as anybody else on this team." That's what I told her. I said it just like that. Okay, and so she came over and she autographed my sweatshirt. 
Tanya Davis. Let me tell you, let me tell you, Raina, I told Jan Jensen to send Raina back out. That's what I told Jan Jensen, to send Raina back out. Now, I stood, I stood near my seat for a while before Raina came back out and came running up the stairs, okay? And I got it on video. You ever seen that? I got all this on video. Uh-huh. Stood up there at my seat for a while. And so Jan Jensen actually sent Raina back out to, to talk to me. Yeah. But Jan Jensen did not have to do that. Yeah. Well, it's just... And let me tell you who else came running up the stairs to talk to me. Colin Clark. The, the, the uh, um, Kaylin's brother. And what now did he have to say? Me. Honey, I was the one rambling. I was the one doing most of the talking. See, see <laughs> the, way this, let me tell you, the way this works. They're not going to say too much because I'm a writer. I'm a writer. They know if they say something, I'm going to probably write it Yeah. in an article. So they're not going to really tell me too much or say too much. I was the one doing most of the talking. When he came, when he came running to the steps, he, you know, of course, he introduced himself to me and welcomed me to Carver Hawkeye Arena and blase blase. Well, so I started speaking, right? And um, I'm the one telling him, you know, I, I just love Cece. Well, did I say I love Caitlin or something like that? I think, you know, she is the real mama of women's basketball. You know, that's what I said. You know, I, I told him she's the real mama of women's basketball. And um, that was pretty much it. It was it was well. Well, um, before you leave us, really? Alberta, um, tell us how our fans can follow you on Twitter. How what's your what you call on Twitter? Yes, my handle on Twitter is Alberta L Parish. That's A L B E R T A P A R I S H. That's it, Alberta L Parish. Hey, I have. I have to ask you, we are in Jessup, Iowa. Have you ever been to Jessup, Georgia? Okay, well, there is such a place, and uh, <laughs> it's spelled the same way our town is, so I, always, I just was wondering. No, I've never been to Jessup, Georgia. Okay. Well, Alberta, you've been very kind with your kind time. Thank you so much. And I know you got you have other things going on right now, so you, we've got to let you go. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I'm sorry, y'all. I was, I was a little excited. So, you know, when I get excited about things like this, I start rambling. Oh, you did a nice job. Well, I'm so glad you had a good time in Iowa and that people treated you so nicely. So. Whatever you want to edit out, though, you know. You can edit out whatever you want to edit out. But, honey, when I get excited like this, I start rambling. I have a tendency to ramble. I'm sure we'll talk again someday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is the Steve Brown Art Center Podcast Network. Dale, let's talk a little bit about our winners and losers. Okay, well, I was, was going to do, uh, this doesn't happen too often, but we were together at an event last night. We yes. met a fan of ours from Lake City, Eric Frank, and we got a chance to talk with him. He had some nice things to say about the podcast, so I thought I'd just send a shout-out to Eric and well, say thanks so much for your, your kind words, and it was nice to see you last night. It so. was. Thank you, and you beat me to that because oh. I had that in my notes as well. Oh, Eric. I'm sorry. Okay. Eric, yeah. we appreciate it. Eric, uh, thank you for being our one listener. And, and <laughs> in Lake City, right? <laughs> in Lake City, and we're glad that you listened to us. Do you know the interesting thing about Lake City? What's that? There is no lake. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I did know that. <laughs> 
All right. So, Dale, who who is your winner for the uh, week? Well, I know we're a Jessup program, but I have to go with the Hudson Pirates, the boys basketball team. Uh, what a great bunch of kids. And they have uh, 12 people on their team, 10 seniors, uh, a sophomore, and a, and a junior. But those 10 seniors have been together since they were kids and just played for years and years together. And uh, you could just see this team growing towards this. And now they have an excellent team. And uh, last night they beat a, a very good Jessup team who was a conference champion and they're part of the conference, 80 to 54. And uh, the, the Hudson kids uh, are much, they are several of them well over six feet and they play a fast game and they can all score because I think they had four or five kids in double figures at the end of that mm-hmm. game and so so anyway uh they're my winners i've been my grandson i should say my grandson plays in this team as well i've been following them all these years and so they have one more game to win and then they go to state and what's very interesting to me is that his dad my son chris played on the jessup team that went to state in 1995 and it was the same kind of group of kids a bunch of seniors that had played together a lot and uh got to go to state and so we're hoping they win this one more game this coming saturday night and so uh, so they are my winners, the oh. Hudson Pirates. Hey, they showed a lot of grace when Jack uh, fouled out, when Jack Miller fouled out. Um, their their uh, bench stood and, and applaud, applauded Jack. Well, a lot of those kids know because a lot of the Hudson kids came over the years to the Jessup basketball camp in the summer that they run. And uh, so they, those kids know each other. And that's mm-hmm. one of the values of those camps is that when players – meet this was through eighth grade when they meet as in high school it's people that they know and they've been friendly with maybe even played on the same team together and so it's it's good sport but it's no there's no animosity or that sort of thing because they're playing with friends and against friends and so uh that's a great thing about the jessup campus they get people from all several towns around and so you get to know the people you'll be playing against when you're in high school so uh yeah that was good sportsmanship and uh Appreciate it because Jack is a heck of a player. Yeah, and there's none better. So, the, speaking of sportsmanship, that the uh, the Michigan women's basketball team is my winner for the week. Although this happened last week um, when Iowa played Michigan, <clears throat> the, the Iowa women played <clears throat> Michigan, and Caitlin Clark set set the scoring record. Um, the all of the Michigan players wrote Caitlin Clark a a note to her. And the Michigan team also gave her a special gift Isn't when that they, nice? yeah, yeah, I read about that. Uh, yeah, so so um, sportsmanship is not dead. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. and uh, I never thought because I never watched a lot of women's basketball, but over the last few years, see some more of it, and it's amazing to me. Like the strategy in men's games and boys' games is you start following people at the end, hoping they'll miss their free throws. Those girls don't miss very many free throws. No. And so they really have a tough time catching up at the end. And it's just how accurate of shooters they are from long range, short range, and in the free throw line. It's just amazing. And so I don't know what it is, but they have much more touch on their ball or something. But they can really put it in the hoop. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I'll start with my loser, Dale. Um, my loser are the NBA All-Stars. Um, and I love high-scoring games. The the East, uh, well, there were 400 points scored in the NBA All-Star <laughs> game. The, the, the East beat the West in probably one of the one of the uh, most disappointing All-Star games of all times. Um, the 
commissioner was disappointed with the players. He had he had talked about how competitive it was going to be, and there were only three fouls called the whole game. Yeah, um, there wasn't much defense intentionally played at all. Nobody wants to get hurt, and and I'm afraid the NBA has to do something about that. But it was after three after three minutes of that, I had to shut shut it off yeah, because I, I, it was not. It was not enjoyable to watch. And you know that you know when people were making ten thousand dollars a year, if they got hurt, well, you know that's too bad. But they got hurt. But when you're playing a millions of dollars to play basketball, you want them to play because you're paying them a huge salary. And uh, I think that makes a difference. Uh, used to be like when Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and those people were playing, and Bill Russell back even in the fifties and early sixties, the All Star games, there was a lot of pride. In winning that game, and they played hard. Yes, you know, they did. If you got Bill Russell playing against Wilt Chamberlain, for example, that would be something you'd want to see. And it only happened a few times during the year, but you get him an All Star game where there's a lot of pride on the line. Uh, those are good games to watch. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Probably not a lot of defense play. <laughs> they scored that many points. So the the uh, it, it has become a money maker, and Indianapolis was definitely the winner there, but. And there, there was a lot of good about it. Steph Curry played, um, oh, I forget the lady's name. She played at Oregon um, a couple years ago. Um, Cecino is the lady's name. Um, and she was in the, involved in the three-point contest. Oh, that is was, that right? That was yeah. probably the best part of the weekend. Yeah. Um, with those two shooting it out against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph Curry Did beat he- her by... Either two or three yeah. baskets. I would think he would be a hard guy to beat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But she shot. She also shot from the men's um, line. Yeah. Not, not the the WNBA's mm. line. So yeah. that that was pretty cool as well. But yeah. but that 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 the NBA All Stars were my losers for the week. Okay. Who's your loser? Well, I, this is more serious, I guess. But I chose the United States Supreme Court. And this bothered me more than I can say, but the late night comedians started to make jokes about the Supreme Court and their lack of an ethical policy and about especially uh, Clarence Thomas taking these trips and gifts and this sort of thing from people who actually end up appearing with cases in front of the court and he doesn't recuse himself. He sits there and is part of the judgment. And I and so uh, you got to have something that you can that's rock solid steadfast always going to be there for you and that's always been the supreme court but if they are for sale if they can their decisions can be bought with gifts and trips and this sort of thing then then we're really in trouble because you expect the legislators the politicians to because that's been forever but the supreme court they don't have to stand for election they're there they can do what they want to and many supreme court justices have gone far away from what people who put them in there thought they were going to do. They have mm-hmm. made decisions with their conscience. And if you're not making decisions on the Supreme Court with your conscience and with uh, what is legal, what is the law, then then we're all in trouble. So yes, I'm very are. disappointed to see them. Once you start becoming the butt of the of the late night comics, where well, then I think you're in trouble with uh, the people and, and they need to do something and they have not done anything yet to uh, alleviate this fear that uh, some of them are doing things for reasons that are not really honorable. So right. So I chose them, hoping one. that they will hear this and straighten out their act. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Um, 
This is the Steve Brown Art Center Podcast Network. Um, the next part of the show is brought to you by Laces, um, the organization that sponsors art throughout Buchanan County, Joe and Judy Olson, and the Independence Bulletin Journal. All three fine supporters to the Steve Brown Arts. I'd like to, tonight I'd like to tell you a story about a, a man named Al. Okay. Al was a high school dropout. And as he continued for the next four years of his life, he lost many jobs. And to make matters worse, he lived off of his mother and father. Day after day, Al, if he didn't like his job, would tell his boss he didn't like his job or just wouldn't go to work. Mm -hmm. Very little money, and by the time he was 22, Al's parents were going bankrupt, and it was a terrible situation. Well, Al had a good friend whose father at the patent agency, and so he talked to Al into going to the patent agency, and he talked to his father about Al, and Al went in and interviewed for a job at the patent agency, patent agent third class, I think it was. I mean, you know. We got to start at the bottom. That's yeah. right. Okay. Something like working in the mail office <laughs> is what it was. And and this guy realized that Al really wasn't very motivated. For the first 15 minutes he sat there, he realized he didn't want this man working for him. He didn't want Al working for him. But to this this man's credit, the guy that was interviewing Al, he, he decided he'd, he'd talk to Al and find out why Al was the way he was. And for two hours, they sat in this man's office. And the guy took a, took a shot and hired Al. And during this time, during the time that, that he worked for the patent office, Al went back and got his high school diploma, or the equivalent of, mm -hmm. and went to, started college, and found a love. He found a love in science. Do you know who that Al was? Oh, yes, I do. So who was that Al? Albert Einstein. You are correct. That is Albert Einstein. That was from the files of the great Paul Harvey and mm -hmm. the rest of the story. Yeah. He had plenty of time to think. Yes, he did. And that's, you know, it all came from that. Um, I, I really love that story. You know, the... Don't always turn your back on people. That, well, yeah, they have a yeah, lot. They yeah, have a lot yeah. going for them. It's amazing to me, and I've told you this before. Uh, since I've been on this podcast for you, the people we've interviewed, anything I didn't know, we had somebody like that around here that was doing that or doing that or doing that. And so, uh, I saw Cameron Homa Homa uh, the other night at Quickstar, and he showed me a picture of this guitar he's working on. It oh. looks really fantastic, and it was varnish yet or anything. It just the but about how the computer works to cut all that out. And I said, okay, <laughs> but he's very proud of it. And, yeah, uh, I was teasing. He has the same kind of hair. I hadn't seen him without a hat. He's got the same haircut you do, same oh, barber. Okay, and uh, <laughs> but. Uh, he was real, you know, real tickled to show me that. Right. So I think, uh, I, I hope someday he gets one together that he'll bring it in and, and, you know, spend a few minutes with it and let us take some pictures of it or show it to we'll, people. We'll have to uh, do that. Maybe he can play a few songs on it or something. Right. Because I know he does perform, so. All he right. did, so, okay. 
He lives down in your neighborhood. Someday you have to wander down down to his house. Yeah, well, you know, I'm afraid to knock on people's doors unannounced, you know. It's, <laughs> it's a rough world we live in. All right. This is the Steve Brown Art Center Podcast Network. This next part is brought to you by Derek's Repair, LLC, Keith Bickert, and Jacobson's Fabrication and Repair, LLC, both fine supporters of water, Littleton Watermelon Daily Days coming July 27th right here. of this year. Yeah. So, please, and here's the neat thing about the, this podcast, Dale, is we have loyal listeners. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about Mr. Frank out out in Lake Mills. Lake City. Or, excuse me, Lake City. <laughs> he doesn't me. like you now. So. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> Wrong town. Sorry yeah. about that. And... You, we Paul Yeager texts me again. Uh, we we have we have um, Andy Martin Boniface down in Lawrence, Kansas. We're we're fortunate to have people that listen. Um, Jason Ole um, always listens and and lets lets me know. It, it's it's a neat thing. Yeah. And I ask you people that that are such good listeners to. Uh, Support our sponsors, please, because our sponsors are like you. They're they're loyal to us, and they're good people as well. Dale, um, tonight we added a, a little challenge. Okay. Um, we we're going to talk a little bit about the Academy Awards, and I asked you to to uh, look at the ballot. Yeah. Now, I don't know if we will get to all of these. But let's look at some of these. Yeah, well, I'm going to take keep track of yours and mine on my sheet here, and we'll once the results are out, we'll see. Thank you, because uh, you know I really walloped you in that other thing. You so. did, you did. <laughs> um, the the uh, did you I, tell the people that last week? I did not. Ah, okay. Yeah, thank right. you though. You Dale did destroy me, yeah. so I asked for a rematch. Yeah. Um, we bet a lot of money on these. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. On these yeah. events, I had to walk home. I lost my car. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, there are the the Academy Awards are in the middle of March. There, I believe, there's Sunday, um, March. Like right around March, March tenth. March tenth. Right March tenth. Yes. It's at the bottom there. Yeah, there it okay. is. March tenth. Um, <clears throat> watch and this is. You can get a ballot online and compete against us too if you want. Yeah. But Dale, let's start with uh, the big the big award. Who do you have for best picture? I have Oppenheimer. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, so so that that's a wash. Um, Oppenheimer is the story about about the the man that uh, helped to build the atomic bomb. Yep. And it, it along with Barbie, um, probably saved the theaters. Mm-hmm. So so um, some of the others. Up for the best pictures in, include American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest, and Past Lives. A lot of those have gotten some real good press. Yes, um, they have. Yes, they have. All right, so you choose one, Dale, that you would like to talk about. Well, best actor. Okay. And I and I can't remember Cillian. I saw him interviewed, and he looked very interesting. So I chose Cillian Murphy of Oppenheimer. Okay, uh, he lost 
28 pounds, I guess, or so, mm-hmm. to play that role and uh, to get a certain profile look. Isn't that amazing? You do that much for the... So who did you have for best actor? Uh, I heard I heard him interviewed today on, um, on a podcast. I can't remember. I think it was on a New York Times podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Cillian Murphy. That's who you have, too? Um, no, no. Um, the the one I had, I talked about about um, right before Christmas, actually. Um, Coleman Domingo, he was in the movie Rustin, and Rustin wasn't uh, the best picture. He he to me, um, he played Rustin, and Rustin was the man that organized the March on Washington. Um, where Martin Luther King Jr. spoke. Oh, you have talked about him yeah. before. Okay, all right. Yeah, and he he is the man. So uh, Coleman Domingo is my choice for best actor. Okay, how about supporting actor? Who did you have? Okay, um, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. in Oppenheimer. Okay, and I chose uh, Robert De Niro from Killers of the Flower Moon. Interesting, um, interesting. Yeah. Um, the... the and we will talk about Killers of the Flower Moon here um, before we're done. Yeah. Um, De Niro's due. Yeah. Um, De Niro has been over, overcast in a lot of movies. Um, sort of, sort of uh, um, overexposed, I guess is a better word. Yeah. Long history, but Killers of the Flower Moon. The book is at the library. Oh, it's so incredible. It's, a, it's book. an excellent I've read book. That book. Yeah. Did you good? I read yeah. it too. And yeah. uh, actually, I don't know if you, there was a. A movie probably from the 40s called The FBI Story. Okay. And Jimmy Stewart was in it, and it's little segments. And one of them is Jimmy Stewart going out where all this was going on from this book and uh, helping solve that crime. Interesting. Yeah, it's in that. And having seen that movie a few times over the years, and then you put it together, you say, oh, you know, this is this. Yeah, it's. And so it was very interesting uh, to uh, kind of put that. In perspective, and you know, this is where they got that from the F, for the FBI story, and so uh, I not realized. So it's interesting that uh, sometimes little things in one movie carry over, and you see something, and they make right. a whole film about it and everything. So it is. It, it, it's an exceptional movie, Killer of the Killer of the Flower Moon. Is an exceptional movie about the Osage Indians down in Oklahoma, yep. and how they they discovered oil on their <laughs> yeah. their property. They, the, People moved them out of where they were and gave them the roughest, hard scrabble. Uh, you can't make a living here. Land, and then they discovered oil on it. All once they're the yeah. the richest people in the world. They're the people that owned all that land. And then the book is mainly about how the white people tried to get it and try yeah. and ki- killed many of the, yeah. ki- killed many of the leaders yeah. and um, married into families. Them, married yeah, into married families. Into family so they can inherit. You know, it goes okay. Well, I shouldn't give away too much. We're trying to kill his own wife and his kids so he would be the last one in the family and he would inherit. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's it's a, a disturbing. It's probably one of those history things that the Iowa legislature doesn't want us to teach. Probably. So. You know, the unique <laughs> thing was um, there was there was a lot of moonshine made back then, mm-hmm. and. Um, the guys that were trying to take over the oil from the Osage Indians, um, they were poisoning that uh, moonshine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how they killed many of the leaders yeah. of that tribe yeah. and took over. That, that's your choice. That's interesting. I mean, and um, I like Downey Jr. and Oppenheimer. Okay. Did. All right. Um, so you should do Best Actress because I like 
uh, Annette Benning. I really like her as an actress. But I did not choose her, but uh, we should choose the best actress. And I, I had this uh, Gladstone, Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon. I thought that was good. But uh, okay. Um, and I have to admit, a lot of these I didn't see a lot of these movies, right. and so I'm going by things I've heard or seeing people interviewed or this sort of thing. So seeing, I, I went with Carrie Mulligan from Maestro. Maestro okay. is about a great uh, conductor, musical conductor, and Carrie Mulligan um, played a great role. Um, unfortunately, a lot of these these uh, ladies get lost in the in the uh, mix, mm-hmm. uh, let's go. Let's See, go. Emma to, Stone is an excellent actress. You know, she's in that, and uh, yeah, and that many, of course. Should we do best supporting actress just because those are the things people know about? And then, yeah. So, would you? I had Jodie Foster, best supporting actress. Jodie Foster and Nyad. Nyad is an incredible story, Dale. Yeah. Um, a lady my age decides to swim. Um, from, is it from Miami to... Or from Cuba to Miami. From Cuba Miami. to Miami. Yeah. Or yeah. What, what, you know, yeah. And 60 years old, tried it four times, and first time she was 20 years old and failed. Mm-hmm. The story is how she finally makes it. Um, swimming with... Uh, her biggest fear was the sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, the man, the man of war is... Yeah. Um, she one time, one time, and one of the three other times, she was stung by a jellyfish, I believe, um, almost killed her. Great story, great story. And Jodie Foster, that's who I have as well as Jodie Foster. Okay. And I. Yeah. I'm so glad she didn't get eaten in that other movie she was in. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Any others you want to do? Or? Uh, I w- I'd like to do. Um, the the um, best makeup and hairstyling action, <laughs> and here's why. Okay. You know, as, as I look through these, you know, and Golda and Maestro, Oppenheimer, the poor things in society of the. St- I don't. You've got it. You're old enough, Dale, to remember Golda Meyer from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, Golda Meyer. Yeah. yeah. Went to yeah. Israel. Yeah. yeah. Went mm-hmm. to Israel. Yeah. Um, the first the first woman to lead. Israel, first woman prime minister of Israel, fought uh, fought Egypt and Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Um, she and and as I, as I viewed this, you know, I, I I looked at some of the scenes, looked at the trailer and stuff. It, it was incredible uh, makeup and hairstyling for that time period. You you would have swore you were in that time period. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean Oppenheimer and and Maestro weren't as well. Uh, you have to pick one. And, yeah. yeah so. And so you'd pick Golda? I picked Golda. Okay, and I picked Oppenheimer because I've seen several clips of that, and uh, they had the hair of the 40s, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Greeks and the part and this sort of thing. So uh, the, the, uh, or you it, picked Golda, didn't you? I picked Golda. Okay. And here, here is one of the problems, one of the issues that, that – Gold is going through is right now because of what they're doing in the mm-hmm. Middle East. Right, what what Israel's doing in the Middle East is Golda will not Golda will not get a good look. I don't think. Yeah, I from, understand what you're saying. Yeah. From uh, from the voters. Yeah. Are there any others? Uh, um, well, uh, there's a lot. Of, uh, 
that you want to talk about? Well, the best original score, I, I'm betting that John, they will give it to John Williams because he's getting pretty old, and this may be the last one he does. I don't know. So the, it's down here at the bottom. So, right. Yeah. And uh, so they, they over the years, they really loved John Williams, and it's Indiana Jones movie, so the movie, music is uh, pretty. So I took, picked Indiana Jones there. Interesting. I went. I went with Killers of the Flower Moon again. Okay. Um, just for the for the a lot of the native, the native uh, music. Oh, okay. um, some of that stuff mm-hmm. in there. And the best original song. Do you know? Have you heard any of those? Or um, no, I didn't. Yeah, I guess I didn't either. So no. uh, we wouldn't have to do that. So, but that's probably enough, isn't it? Uh, those are the. The big ones, the, the picture and the actor. And best, best visual effects really draw me, Dale. Um, I really, the last one here, okay. Yeah. Um, I, w- I watched um, scenes from Napoleon, and that's hard to do battle scenes. Mm-hmm. The battle scenes oh, yeah. in that. And they, they, are, they are also up for costume design as well. That's my choice for costume design as well. But because of the costumes and stuff, the uh, the visual effects are really good. So for best costume, I might as well do that. You chose um, Napoleon as Napoleon. well. Napoleon, okay. And I chose Barbie because I thought those ah, costumes yeah, were out yeah. of sight. And then I'm sorry, best visual effects you chose Napoleon. Um, Napoleon, yeah. Okay. And I took Mission Impossible because the visual effects there are always just out of this world, right. fantastic. And so uh, I cho- I chose that just thinking that uh, those guys go all out when they do their visual effects in those Mission Impossible movies. So. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, this is Steve Brown, Art Center Podcast Network. Don't forget to support our sponsors, Even Events and Rentals, LLC, Thomas James. Thomas James always provides uh, one of the large dumpsters for Littleton Watermelon Days. I think it's so interesting because we've lived in Jessup almost 50 years now, and Thomas James has been our guy for all those years, you know, oh. and there are several other trucks that come through town. You know, most towns have just one company that right. gets the contract or whatever, but Jessup is very unique in that I think it's open to anybody that wants to come in, and I don't have to give a permit or not, I don't know, but uh, we have several different companies do you in have, Jessup, so. Do you have a, do you have a one or two day pickup? I have two, two yeah, days. Yeah. I have just one day. Tuesday and Friday. So. Uh, I have Thursday. Yeah. The Boyd's Food Truck and <clears throat> Mickey D's Pizza and Lobster. The uh, <laughs> our, our, So make sure you support them. I know <clears throat> Mickey D's Pizza and Lobster is doing a fundraiser for San Anthonatius here. So make sure you, uh, you uh, buy from them, please. be interesting to see what he does with the lobster. Yeah. I remember him talking about that when we were over... And legacies, right? He said they were going to be doing that. Right. And, uh, I guess it kind of slipped my mind, but now that summer's coming, I guess summer's here. I don't know, but he'll probably that'll be coming out with his his food truck and everything. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I look forward to that. I do too. Okay, um, Dale, do you have anything special for us today? Well, I have a few little things if you want them. Uh, what do you have? Stuff. There's a lot in the paper. Well, think about the shootings in Kansas City. And had a million people there, and apparently four people, and I don't believe that they knew each other. Maybe they knew each two and two, but they got into some kind of argument and started pulled out their guns and started shooting in a crowd, and a lady gets killed. And these guys, as far as I don't know, if they're are they injured? Are they in the hospital? No, they're, I think they're just arrested. arrested. Yeah, and so and the one guy they figure out the bullet that killed the lady came from, and so he's charged with murder. Uh, Missouri. 
if you're 18 years old, you can buy a gun. You can carry a gun. There's no, and they're very, very uh, hard to get any kind of uh, background checks or uh, very hard to get your gun taken away. And so it's it's the Wild West down there as far as just walking around with a gun. It just gets me that this is so often it happens that uh, the person just walking by or in a car or in their house even, uh, wasn't that long ago a little kid got killed in his house because some guys were shooting outside at each other and one of the bullets went through the house and killed this little kid sleeping in his crib mm-hmm. or whatever. And so people that aren't responsible, that don't understand guns, should not own guns, I don't think. And so it gets me that all the things our legislature is talking about, and they don't mention guns at all. They want to rewrite the dictionary and tell you what girl means and boy means and this sort of thing. But uh, uh, the legislature, they're still with the AEAs. I went to a meeting, and there were over 100 people there. And there were several legislators there. They want to hear what people think. Well, the people told them, and nobody was in favor of cutting out the AEAs. They want them left just basically the way they are now. And but it, they still are pushing that in one form or another uh, to cut out uh, all these special ed things. And so I just get so irritated that it doesn't matter what the people of Iowa want. They're working for themselves and trying it for their own selfish reasons trying to get this, and they keep talking about they're going to privatize it and hire companies. Well, that's what they did with the Medicaid. It cost them millions and millions of dollars to hire companies that had terrible reputations for fraud and, and not paying and this sort of thing. And they still hired them and defend it to this day. And uh, I think the same thing will happen here. Every time they try to save money, you might just put your hand on your wallet because they're coming at you. Uh, but it's just in Iowa, Western Iowa, huge shortage of hospitals and doctors if you want to have a baby in Western Iowa, not being talked about. Iowa has the most polluted water in the country, not being talked about. You and I talked the other day about, we were canoeing on the upper, not you and I, but different canoeing on the Upper Iowa River, Deb and I were, and the per- per- person running the trip said, okay, now the land on the banks is owned by somebody, and the land that the river is on is owned by somebody. The state of Iowa owns the water, so we can go on the water, but we can't, you couldn't get off because then you'd be trespassing. And if you stood on the, in the river, you'd be trespassing. So if the water belongs to the people of Iowa, why do we let all these people run their pollution into, the water. into our water? And we have lakes like a backbone that every summer they put something, don't swim in this water, E. coli problems. And it's lakes all over. And so, uh, I, but they're not talking about. Iowa has the second highest cancer rate in the country and it's getting worse. It's not improving, it's getting worse. That's per capita. Yeah, per capita, and uh, they uh, the and I can't remember the name of the group now. So it's a government or a, a, a study group that studies cancer, and they have found that cancer is really uh, is a contributing factor to cancer. And so it doesn't matter if wine, beer, whiskey, whatever. It's it's the alcohol it contributes to cancer, and that binge drinking especially is hard. They say the man should have no more than two drinks a day, and a woman one drink because of body size, but that alcohol is a major factor in all kinds of cancer and uh, about binge drinking. And then it said that Iowa per capita leads the nation in binge drinking. So I don't know how they find that out, but that's what they said. So uh, we're not doing so good. And I talked about that either. And then Senator Grassley had a quote and uh, he said, don't pass anything in this, election, in this legislative election year that would make Biden look good. So basically he's saying, we don't want to do anything for the country 
because doing that might make President Biden look good in this election yeah. year. And it's, it's, was he going to take every fourth year off or what? I thought that was a terrible thing for him to say. I really did, because they're supposed to be working for the country, you know, not the party. And so, uh, but the legislature, uh, they turned down everything. Uh, they don't work to help the poor. Uh, they turned down those millions of dollars in, in nutrition programs. Now they got this House File 2330, which sanitizes history. And we're supposed to teach history, which emphasizes the study of and devotion to the United States' exceptional and praiseworthy history. So uh, there's a lady, Ida B. Wells, Barnett, she, in 1900, she says, our country's national crime is lynching, because lynching was a major problem in how people were dealing with uh, uh, black men, especially, somehow got in the way and never got a trial, never got to court, uh, would be lynched. And so should we leave out this part of American history uh, or is it just, you know, Washington chopping down the cherry tree, which is, you know, never happened. And so uh, only by teaching the good and the bad can we help our children grow right. and develop in this country. So uh, I don't know what they want with this history bill. It sounds like they don't want to say anything bad about America. No. And there are bad things. You know, you look at anybody, they're bad. And Washington made tons of mistakes. Washington, I'm sure, told lots of lies. And Washington screwed up badly in many of the battles that he directed as general. I mean, those things happen, but you, they varnished over all that. And, you know, that's not true. We need to tell the truth to kids. And so Lincoln uh, went bankrupt twice in his life. You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's yeah. a lot of different things. Yeah. But he was a wealthy man, though, too. I mean, he made a lot of money as a lawyer, mm -hmm. and so uh, mm -hmm. he was actually a wealthy man. And I know if uh, there's a, uh, a sign for uh, off the road, on a gravel road between uh, Hudson and Trayer, about a monument or a, a, national, a landmark, and it's land that Lincoln was given as a fee for his work okay. for someone. And so it's, and that at one time he did come to Iowa and inspect this land. And so there's a little plaque down there that, shows that i guess mm -hmm. and so there's a lot we don't know yeah and yeah. there's a lot of, like the little thing where you did from paul harvey you know, there's a lot of history and it's interesting history and i love my country and i think my country is great but i know my country's done some very very bad things too and uh because we're people i guess and because uh we can't help ourselves so but uh i think kids need to know how bad people can get to, you know, right. they need to know that there are people that will sell them stuff that will kill them just to make money, you know, that, that, and will try to get them to buy it. You know, they, there's so much they need to know, you know, it's not sugar and, you know, the good ship of lollipop. Yeah. Yeah. So and that ship sank a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's all I, a lot in the paper. Oh, yeah. And I read the newspaper and just, you know, and I don't sleep very well because I oh, geez, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you feel you know really helpless about doing something about it. So. All right, that's all I got. Thank you, You're thank welcome. you. This is the Steve Brown podcast, Steve Brown Art Center Podcast Network. Um, Dale, before we forget, and I saw you at uh, the Kenny Mealhow Art Show mm -hmm. um, last week. We were on the new people saw us on the on the news. They did, <laughs> they did. It's it's wonderful to be uh, a celebrity. Isn't yeah. It? All they asked me was, "Who was that you were talking to?" <laughs> they were more interested in who Georgia Yacht was than me. That's all. all right. The but but uh, the Kenny Mealhow show was well attended. Art show was well attended. There were about fifty people. The thing that I always enjoy about showing an artist, and Kenny, Kenny um, 
was so eclectic and multi-talented. Yeah, and I think he got a real kick out of it too. That's to be recognized to yes. have his work recognized. I think. Yes. Oh. The, the the thing that I always enjoy is a gathering of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, his grandkids were there. His great grandkids. They call him Gigi, great grandpa. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And his, obviously his his uh, son and and his wife were there. The his sister was there, and just just a nice group of people, um, people that lived there at Winding Creek Meadows, had a chance to to uh, see Ken, other Kennedy work. Kennedy has a number of paintings there hanging at Winding yeah. Creek Meadows. All those old ladies were drinking your wine when I saw yeah. them, see? So. Well, and, I, <laughs> and I've enjoying gotta, it, too. So. I, I've <laughs> got to be honest, uh, Dale, um, Winding Creek was such a great host. They they um, shared a, a cheese tray with yeah, us. Was, yeah, they, that was really nice. They yeah. purchased a wine oh, for okay. us. And, right. and, I did not know uh, that. The, I thought you took that from your the, cellar. So. <laughs> no, I did. Although I, I, I have a probably more than my share in the <laughs> cellar. I, I didn't. I asked them if they wanted me to bring in. They said, "Don't, don't bring that cheap stuff." They said, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." Thunderbird. So, what was the other? Ripple. Was yeah, a, oh yeah. man. You know, uh, Mad Dog. Fifty cents a gallon. Yeah. You know, just so. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow. Uh, that that was probably as enjoyable a, a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that was very I, nice. As I've had yeah. in a long time. Yeah, very nice. And I'd like to thank the Mealhow family for being so kind and and sharing those things. Thanks to Winding Creek Meadow for being a great host. And and our next event is March sixteenth, St. Patrick's Day, at the Sanity Room. Along with the Sanity Room, we are sponsoring the Irish Blue Drifters Trio from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So make sure you get over to the Sanity Room, another one of our sponsors. That's for, from 7 to 10 in the evening. From 7 to 10 in the evening. Yeah. For lunch, they're having um, corned beef, Dale, corned right. beef and cabbage, and they'll have other things as well. Make sure you get over there for lunch. I might even buy you and Blake lunch if you guys come over. Are you Irish, Blake? Okay, I'm not. I'm more German, so all right. Well, Sauerbraten or something. I eat I I eat German stuff. You guys can eat Irish (laughs) stuff. Okay, all All right, right. all right. Um, As far as library news is concerned, April 14th. Though, did you go there? Uh, What do you have April 14th? Well, that was the the mystery artist at the uh, Littleton Chatham. Yes, historical society. Historical society. Yeah. They have a pancake breakfast, and uh, do they have a time on that yet? They Mine not just yet, okay. not yet. Usually that time? goes from about eight till ten, eight till eleven, right in there. Okay. Um, but there's a mystery artist that there is so. a mystery artist. They are incredible. They're just incredibly shy as well. So. Oh, okay. So it's not pancake art, is it? No. You ever no. see the pancakes that oh. look like Mickey Mouse? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought maybe it's pancake art, but some of the there's some incredible art, um, food art that has been done. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you get a chance, look Google food arts. <laughs> okay. No, it's uh, I'm telling you, Dave, it's right. really good. <clears throat> but let's say, let's talk here about uh, library news. Don't forget Little Todd Story Time. It's every Thursday at 10:30 a.m. for songs and stories. The Spice Club, February Spice, the Star Anise. I think we decided it was Anise from last week. Exercise with friends every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 8 o'clock in the library community room. 
Um, the move, movie this month, Monday, February 26th, that is today as this comes out on, on Monday at 10 o'clock, The Miracle Club, there's just one dream for the woman of Balagar to taste freedom, to win a pilgrimage to the sacred French town of Lourdes. With a little benevolent interference from their local priest, a group of close friends gets their ticket of a lifetime. Admission and popcorn, as always, is free. And rated PG-13 runs one hour and 31 minutes. Don't forget, STEM Wednesday is March 6th at 1.30 p.m. STEM stations include magnet movers, machine builders, Lego challenges, Brian Flakes, and more. Best suited for grades kindergarten through sixth grade, and you must sign up in advance. STEM Friday is March 8th at 9.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the community room in the library on the special No School STEM Day. Join us for Camp Create. Again, you must pre-register for that as well. They have those STEM kits down there, and we always get a couple when my grandkids come from Michigan mm-hmm. for something to do, and they're very interesting, and the kids enjoy working with them. So check those out too. March 18th, you get a chance to Willy Wonka Braille. Learn Braille the Willy Wonka way. Join us on this non-school Monday, March 18th at 10 a.m. to learn Braille and using candy dots. I like the candy dots. Do you really? A big one, yeah. That is my addiction. You must pre-register, and it's suitable for grades 5, 5th grade plus. And then Chapter Chat Book. The March book is Surviving Savannah by Patty Callahan. is available to be picked up in the Library Book Club, and we will meet Monday, March 18th at 1 p.m. This is recorded on Wednesday the 21st, and tomorrow night the the um, the Waterloo Chief of Police. No, the Buchanan they, County Sheriff. The Buchanan County Sheriff. Yeah, Tony Thompson. Me. Tony yeah. Thompson is at the library, and I know Dale... Is talking about going to that. Yeah. And um, if things work out, I'm going to go to that. But we'll talk about that on the next podcast. No, we have the book. Deb and I both read it. And then they have copies at the library. And he'll have copies with him, of course. It's uh, a very interesting read. And and it'll make you think a lot about, uh, again, it's about Iowa and where they're putting their money. Because they were talking about independence at one time had several thousand beds and now i think there's only 48 or something it's un- unbelievable there's no place for these people to go and uh mental illness is a real illness it's a real thing and uh there's a man out today on the news they showed him and uh maniac maniac, you, manic depression manic depression he suffered from that and was sometimes out in the streets and wouldn't take his med or take too much med and it's they finally took him to a a doctor who put him on a ketogenic diet and it has straightened him. He's on very few medicines now. He's got a job. He's living on his own and doing just great, but it was with his diet. So I think that may be a great thing in the future to help uh, some people out. And like you see, most cures don't cure everybody, right. but if you can try these different things and find the one that does work, why uh, people are working on this, but we're just kicking people out into the streets or putting them in jail and they're just sitting in there and uh, they don't belong there. I know my better days in my life are days in which I I have a good diet and I exercise. Yeah, know, those two things. Yeah, and but this is a lot of protein. Some protein 
and vegetables and this sort of thing. And they didn't really give the diet that they used, but they said a lot of fat. I know uh, my granddaughter was on a ketogenic diet for seizures, and uh, there was a there was a lot of it, she has a, all liquid, so a lot of oil in there. You had to mix it up every day, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of oil in there, and uh, everything you you used where there was so slippery all the time, right. and. Uh, it did not work for her, but she was on that quite some time. But it's it's a high fat diet, and uh, uh, for some people it does help. Yeah, and so uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. The don't this is T Brown Arts Center Podcast Network. Don't forget support our. Did you have spon- a spice? Our sponsor. Yes, remember it is Anise. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't yep. hear you say it. All right. Yep, still Anise, and yep. that's for February. For February. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yes. The the. Some other sponsors include Dream Chaser Acres, Bobby Leach, and Farm Bureau Financial Services. He has an office right here at Cowork 591 mm-hmm. Studios. M&M Bakery in Lawrence, Kansas, and Innovative Wealth Management on 6th Street here in Jessup. Yeah. Along with and, and I, I always gracious host, Kelly C. Haas and Cowork 591 here on Young Street in mm-hmm. Jessup. Do you have an 827 phone? I do. See, the phone company meeting is coming up in March. I, yeah. I, I Always like a big check time. coming in. Always I mean, a big time. That's <laughs> right. I, I like that. You, you've been here at Jessup longer than I am. You are a bigger stockholder than I am. Mr. Everybody Weaver. gets one piece of stock. That's it. Just one. So I always wonder, though, and, and it's never come up, but we get one ballot. You know, if my wife and I would disagree, on, I don't know how that would be resolved. Because we just get one ballot for the, for the house. Oh, yeah, the, and so uh, if we would disagree... I don't know how they would handle that. Scene, you need to beat her to the. You need well, to beat her to the post box. Yeah, I get the mail. Yeah, because so. <laughs> I'm going to get my guys in there. So. All right. Well, uh, history usually the people I vote for never win. So, <laughs> no matter what the election. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Dale, uh, if you if you tell your friends if you'd like to donate to the steve brown arts center have an idea for an event go to the steve brown arts center.org and follow the link um we have we have uh, booked several musical groups for this for the coming uh spring and summer and fall we're we we just talked to one for actually our our halloween fundraiser um a group, a, a retro band out of Cedar Rapids. Is that the Monster Mash? That's the Monster that's, Mash. See, that's the one thing I've been looking at that thing. That sounds like that would be fun. I hope that I'm here and I can go to, because 8 to midnight right there is fun. That's, yeah. that's Those are fun hours. Yes, they yeah. are. So. Yes, they are. Uh, um, if you have news or would like to sponsor us, email us at Jim and Steve Brown Arts Center dot org or call 319 290 0241 and leave a message. I'm Jim Gillespie. Thanks to co-host Dale Reber and thanks to our producer Blake Tempest who did Yeoman's, Yeoman's work tonight. Work, yeah. It was incredible yeah. work tonight uh, <laughs> as we interviewed Alberta Parish all the way from Atlanta, Atlanta Georgia. Yeah, that was so. our first computer interview <laughs> and I'm real proud of Blake. Um, hopefully we'll have a chance to do another one mm-hmm. of those. Um, it won't be in the anytime soon thanks to the audience um, for bringing these stray dogs into your day and remember each day is about little victories yep.